Hi, and welcome to It's the Breakdown Podcast with Dee Malone. Today, the title of our lesson is It's Gonna Cost You. And man, has God got a word for us. So before we get into it, let us pray. Father God, we come to you as humble as we know how giving you thanks and praises for all that you are, all that you do, and all that you've done. God, we ask that you will come into this place, in each place, and fill us with your love, revelation, wisdom, clarity, and understanding. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Holy Spirit, Speak to me and through me. I pray, Lord God, that you would touch each and every set of ears, every heart, every mind that we are receptive to what it is that you have to say to us today and that each word falls on good ground. And so as we continue, Lord, we ask that you bless us in your sweet name, Jesus. We do pray. Amen. It's gonna cost you. Now, this you're going to definitely want to take notes on because, first of all, I was reading my devotionals and this story was in my devotionals and the revelation hit me. It's going to cost you. And... To get into uh, a part of David's story, which maybe most of us are not even familiar with. Uh, So to give a little context before I even get into the actual scriptures, David, who was the man after God's own heart, primarily because when he did wrong, he immediately turned back to God and he repented and and he did everything that he needed to do in order to be right and have this amazing intimate relationship with God his relationship his intimacy with God was the thing that God loved so much about him and that's the thing that God is looking for from us the intimacy the relationship God is not looking for us to be religious he's looking for us to be relational with him so that he could pour into us so that our overflow would pour out onto others and this is what David did but in this in this story David has become king and in in his kingship he is carrying around in a tent the ark of the covenant the ark of God and David wants you know he's like I want to build a a a a a temple for the Lord and the Lord is like yeah okay but I've been in this in in this in this ark for so long 
And it's not up to you basically to build the temple for me. And David, every along the way as he's carrying, because he's bringing the, the ark into the city of David. And he has the people of Israel in tow. And so David, in, in carrying the ark, he's not carrying it the proper way. And in that, after he sees Uzziah get killed by the Lord because no one is supposed to touch the ark of God. No one is supposed to touch it. And when, because David was not, they were not carrying the ark correctly, they stumbled and the ark began to look like it was falling and Oza decides that he's going to stop it with his hands, which is a natural reaction for anyone. You want to keep keep it from falling. And because he touched it, it incited anger in the Lord. And when the Lord got angry, he killed Uzzah. And that then brought to David's revelation that he wasn't doing it right. And so then he makes amends with the Lord because he's now he's sorrowful and, and, and he's repenting. And he then decides that his worship, don't miss this, his worship is needed here. Now he has to praise God. Now he has to give God all the glory. And so every six steps, he would stop and build an altar and give sacrifices because at that time, that's what it was. So he would give sacrifices of uh, the, the fattened calf and then they would start to, and he would worship. He would dance all around. He would just dance before the ark of God. And so doing that, he would do this every six steps. The Bible says every six steps, David would worship. Now in the text that we're going to look at, it, it doesn't say that he does it every six steps, but that's the new living translation version. So it does in, in the new King James, I believe it says that he does this. So as he's going, when he makes six steps, he is sacrificing the, the, the ox or the fatted calf and excuse me, and the fatted calf. So catch this. He is worshiping God along his way to the city of David. And so when he has made this error, now he has, uh, and he sees, he's so angry that the Lord killed, uh, one of his people. And so in his worshiping, he is worshiping with all freedom. Like he has, there's no holds barred. 
He is just worshiping the Lord. He is dancing about. And now when he does get into the city of David, he does something that then he has to repent for yet again. What he does is the Lord tells him to take a census of the people of Israel and Judah. But this was a test that David didn't realize was a test. And so David does what the Lord says to do. And his, uh, and his friend says to him, are you sure this is what you want to do? Jonathan's like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, King, this might not, you know, he's not saying it, but he's, he's thinking it as, as the word like kind of implies. And so not, and not to put more into the word than, than it is, but so David continues on and takes this census. But once he's done his conscience, the word said his conscience, which is the Holy Spirit, it begins to bother him. Now he's got that nagging feeling and he's repenting and he begins to worship again. I'm going through these two different stories for a reason. Now, David goes and he's like trying to get uh, the things for his sacrifice. And he says, uh, hey, listen, uh, I want to buy these from you. And he's told, no, 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 that's okay. You are the king. Like, we'll give it to you. And David says that he does not want to buy it. I mean, he that he does not want it to be give it to him, given to him. He wants to buy it. Because what happened was when he took this census, the Lord gave him three choices by word from his his uh seer which is gad and so when gad gives him these three choices which is you can either accept the plague uh you could either go to war or uh hold on let me get the last one so they had three choices they could go through a famine Three months of fleeing from the enemies, which is war, or three days of a severe plague. David chose the plague. And so now to get out of the plague, he is going to the threshing floor of Aruna, who is a Jebusite. And so now David is like, hey, I got to build this altar. And now I need some things from the threshing floor. And so again, he offers, you know, he's, he's asking for these things. And then Aruna says, hey, no, don't worry about it. You are the king. You don't have to pay for it. But David, David says something that probably most people of influence or most people who have a position would have probably not said. But in the scripture it says. But the king replied to Aruna. No I insist on 
buying it for it will not present burnt offerings for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, my God that have cost me nothing. So understand it's going to cost you. And so as we go through both of those stories, which one story is found in second Samuel uh, chapter 24, and I would begin at the first, the first verse and work your way down to the 25th verse. And then also in second Samuel six, second Samuel chapter six. So in second Samuel chapter six, we're, we're looking at where he's, uh, the, the Uzzah has, has died because he stumbled and tried to steady the ark of God, right? Cause again, I want you to know there's a two different stories and I'm going to expound on second Samuel, uh, chapter six, another time, because there's something in there that I want to unpack with you, but I just want to, to kind of share this part with you. So when, uh, David had to, as he's carrying the, the ark of God into the city of David, he stops. And once, once Uzzah is killed, he gives the ark of God to Obed Edom. And then their house is blessed. It stays with them for about three months, but their house is blessed because they had the ark of God in their possession. And so Now, when David goes to get the Ark of God, David went there and he went to the city of David, but he went with great celebration. He went with great celebration. And the the Bible says that, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly tunic. So, He's got the trumpets going, he's dancing, he's singing, people are shouting, there is worship happening. And so the worship that we give cost us our images. See, David did not care if he looked foolish. He did not care He wasn't trying to be cool. He was trying to worship God and show reverence to God. He wasn't trying to have airs on as he is a king. He took everything off. He took everything off and was willing to dance around for the Lord. So for many of us, our worship is going to cost us our heirs, our image. Yeah, you might look a little crazy, but guess what? It's okay. It is okay. And we get to see throughout this Bible that our following Jesus, becoming a Christian is going to cost us. And a lot of times, We want stuff for free. We're okay with an Aruna who says, hey, 
Don't worry about it. And I ain't gonna hold you up. I've been that person. It's like, oh, wow, thank you so much. Sometimes it's it's people blessing you. But then most of those times, the majority of those times, it's gotta cost you. So we know that David was willing to pay whatever it was going to cost. Now, when we go into 2 Samuel 24, this is where David says, okay, look, um, I already know that I made this mistake and this mistake is going to cost me. Hmm. It's going to cost me the thing that is my thorn in my side. So it's going to cost me that mistake. I was given three choices that would cost me. It was going to cost either famine, either war, or he was going to have to suffer. And so, and suffer meaning under the plagues. So David knew that there was going to be something that he had to give up. And so he decided, hey, listen, that part isn't worth it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay for what it is that you have that I need. I'm going to pay for these burnt offerings because if I don't, I can't give it to God. Because it didn't cost me anything. So when he was dancing in the city of David, it cost him presentation. He was willing to dance around and be foolish. In well, in the eyes of those onlookers, his wife in particular, he was foolish looking. But to David, He was willing to pay that. He was willing to pay that. And I want us to know that while J-Lo says, love don't cost a thing, truth be told, love does cost. Love cost God his son. Love cost Jesus his life. There was a price that had been paid for us. We have been bought with a price. So when we have decided to follow Jesus, when we take up our cross and we follow him, the cost is leaving the old us behind. The cost is our worship, our old lifestyles, the bad habits, wrong thoughts, having pride, Even disobedience costs, as we see with David, disobedience costs. There is an exchange to give us a better life when we decide to follow Jesus. And I have some scriptures to back that up. But there are sacrifices that are to be made and that sacrifice is a cost. Let's look at Matthew 16, 24. 
It says, then Jesus said to the disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross and follow me. There's a cost. There's a cost. It's not going to be free. We are going to have to do some things. We're going to have to let some things go. There's something that's going to have to be paid for. Now, when we look at uh, Matthew 19 and 29, and everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will have eternal life. So there's an exchange happening. And he's like, listen, if, 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 if following me has cost you your family, your, your belongings, your property, then you will receive a hundred times as much in return. When we look at Job, it cost Job his well-being, his family, his wealth, his properties, all of these things. But God gave him double for his trouble. And I believe that a lot of times we go through our walk with Jesus expecting so much from him but not wanting to give him anything or we want to give him the bare minimum. We want to give him access to one part of our heart, one room in our house, but God deserves the whole house because of him. We have this house and house, meaning this body, our temples. It is because of God that we exist. It is because of God that we have relationship with him. We owe him everything. Whatever it cost, he's worth the price. He's worth it. It's gonna cost you. Now, for those who decide that it's more important to hold on to their things, then their lives are set for impending doom. That's what the Bible is saying to us. So we want to make sure that our old lifestyle is not more important than our love and relationship and the intimacy that we will have in relationship with the Lord. It is not more important. It's going to cost us time time to be alone with the Lord, time to, to sit down and study his word. It's going to cost us some effort, effort in changing how we thinking, changing our thoughts, thinking on things that are true, honorable, pure, right, loving, admirable. It's going to cost us our old thinking habits our old thinking patterns. It's going to cost us our old habits. Love does indeed cost. In love, we make sacrifices. We make sacrifices for the betterment 
of those that we love. The Bible says, think of others as better than yourselves. So in order to do that, there has to be a change in thoughts. There has to be something that is paid. And I want us to understand that God is not looking to deplete us. He wants to bless us. He wants us to feel his everlasting love. But with things in the way, we, we miss out. David was not afraid to admit when he was wrong, to admit when he sinned. And he was willing to pay the cost of getting back right and in, in back right with the Lord, getting back in right relationship with the Lord. Now, he didn't want that plague. He didn't want the war. He, he definitely didn't want the famine. So he knew that he was going to have to give up something else in exchange for those three choices. He knew that he would have to worship. He knew that he would have to make some sacrifices and that those sacrifices would mean nothing if it didn't cost something. See, when we give away, let's say we have a closet full of clothes and these are clothes we no longer want. And we're like, hey, I'm going to give them away. And we think, oh my gosh, we're doing something amazing. But the truth be told, it's the thing that you want to hold on to. That, that piece that's so beautiful that you're like, oh my gosh, this is my thing. That giving that away is an actual sacrifice. It's costing something. And so if nothing has been paid for the sacrifice that we're making, if we, we didn't pay anything for it, is it really a sacrifice? And so the, the revelation that I, that I came out with was that sacrifice is going to cost. Following the Lord is going to cost us. Are we willing to pay? Are we willing to make those sacrifices? Giving up our worship, it, it's going to cost us that cool attitude, that, that, that put together image. Studying the word, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost us some time. We all have these super busy lives. But giving God the first of our time is a sacrifice that cost us our time. But the benefits, the exchange is worth it. The exchange is worth it because we begin to grow spiritually when we get into the word and we allow the word to get into us. We, the David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So spending time in the word 
keeps us in right relationship, connection with God. It is feeding us so that we are growing. What we feed grows. So knowing that love is so extravagant. Love is something that God is. It is what he is. It is who he is. And he is pouring this love out onto us. And it cost him. And it cost the Lord. And so we in turn have a choice to make. Do we pay what it cost to be intimate, to fall in love, to be in right relationship with the Lord? Will we pay with our worship? Will we pay with our time? Will we pay with the bad, giving up the bad attitude? Will we exchange our old lives and habits and thinking for the new? So I pray that this lesson has blessed each and every one of you that is listening in the same way that it has blessed me because this is something that now is the time for us to truly make that decision and stand in it and stand in it it just made me think about even you know the things that we do on a daily basis going to school you know working at the job that we wanted it's going to cost something. It is absolutely going to cost something. Gas costs. Eating. Food is costing. Everything costs. But what are we willing to pay? And are we willing to pay? In exchange for the beauty that awaits God says, I will give you beauty for your ashes. So he's not going to leave you depleted. Whatever is being taken away, whatever is being sacrificed, better is coming. A hundred times, the Bible says a hundred times. If you gave up all those things, a hundred times, the blessing will come. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for paying the cost. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for paying the cost for us to be in relationship, to have intimacy with you. We thank you for paying the cost for our freedom. And we ask you, Lord God, to help us to be okay with paying the cost. Help us, Lord God, to, to understand and realize that it is worth it. You are worth it. We thank you for your love, your extravagant love. 
that showers down over us. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to share your word. And Lord, I pray that this word is not just heard, but that we apply it to our lives, that we make practical choices to apply this word. So Lord, we thank you so much. If we had 10,000 tongues, it would never be enough for us to say thank you. Thank you for being God. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for seeing more in us than we see in ourselves. Open our eyes, Lord God, so that we could see that our identity is in you and that we could be like David and not care about how we look when we're worshiping, but that we would also be children after your own heart. All these things we ask in your sweet name, Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Now, I want to wish every mother that is listening, that is connected to those who are listening, a wonderful and blessed Mother's Day. And I send a special prayer and love for everyone who has lost their mom. God bless you. May the Lord comfort and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have an amazing, amazing weekend, you all. And I look forward to being able to share God's word with you yet again. Now, be blessed, but more importantly, be a blessing. I love you. See ya.